You're listening to Catalyst Talks, conversations with change agents, outliers, superheroes, and truly conscious leaders modeling what it is to be an unstoppable force for good and truth in this world. What lit these catalysts on fire to do their work and what nuggets of wisdom can they share with a world literally on fire? I'm your host, Stephanie Traeger. I'm a transformational catalyst and life coach to maverick change agents in business leadership and life. On this podcast, I wear an eclectic mix of hats, including earthkeeper, wayfinder, truth teller, coach, lawyer, business and impact strategist. My intention is holding space for higher purpose, peak wellness, soul mastery, and deeper impact so we can live in harmony with ourselves, each other, and nature. Please subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. If you love it, please share and spread the word. We're on YouTube and all the podcast platforms. See the show notes on CatalystTalks.com for links and enjoy this episode. My guest today on Catalyst Talks podcast is John Rulak. I'm in awe, inspired, and excited to dive in and share this conversation with you all today, plus the synchronicity that blew me away. John has been called the archetype of leadership for the new era of business. He's been called a savvy executive, CPG, CPG executive, a truly passionate environmentalist and activist, and his writing is a journey of dot connecting, evidenced truth. He's the founder of Nativa, where he has sourced and formulated $1 billion in retail sales of organic superfoods. I'm sure you've seen, if not used Nativa on health food store shelves. I have several products in my shelves, and I've used them for years. John's a serial entrepreneur, investor, writer, philanthropist, and executive producer of the Netflix blockbuster regenerative agriculture film, Kiss the Ground, narrated by Woody Harrelson. He's also, here's the kicker. So John has found six nonprofit organizations, including Great Plains Regeneration, Agroforestry Regeneration Communities that operates now in Eastern Africa and Guatemala, and Forests Forever, which is where I worked before becoming a tree sitter in 1996. And I just connected that dot after John said yes to being on the podcast. He's also the author of Backyard Composting, Your Complete Guide to Recycling Yard Clippings. And now it's time, let's drop in with John. John, thanks so much for being here. You are the ultimate dot connector. This is a perceptual capability or skill that comes with a greater awakening of consciousness. Gratefully, we're seeing that on the planet more, yet there's still a lot of work to do. And I'm excited to dive in, learn about you, your work, your spiritual journey, and then we'll talk about what many would call conspiracy theories, what we would call the truth. How are you today? What are you currently working on? What's top of mind for you? Let's start there and uh, go backwards. Yeah. Thank you, uh, Stephanie. Appreciate uh, uh, being on your show today. Um, so <clears throat> what's top of mind? I've, um, this this uh, past year, I've really been focusing a lot on how, how to help the 500, small, 500 million smallholder farmers in the global south which was kind of a forgotten class of people. Um, um, you know, usually when you think about food production, a lot of times people who are not involved in agriculture, they just think it's like, you know, some large farm or whatever. But the vast majority of, of, of uh, farmers are small farmers and they, and they grow, you know, the majority of the food in the world. Uh, so, so I founded a group called Agroforestry Regeneration Communities, which you mentioned earlier. Uh, and we uh, work with existing programs. So we don't start up programs. Um, we work with existing programs and our most active programs are right now in Guatemala and East Africa, specifically Malawi is where we're, we've been doing a lot of work. And we help the farmers show that they can go from growing. A lot of times 
it's ironically both those countries, even though one's in Guatemala, one, another continent, another one's in Africa, they all they the farmers mostly grow maize. <clears throat> they use chemical fertilizers, you know, made made you know uh, in the U.S. or Europe or what have you, um, and and then they have poor nutrition. And we work, we help them grow a tree called glitoceria and a bunch of other types of trees, but that also grows in both those countries. And they both have about 18 or 19 million people <clears throat> and um, some of the poorest people in the world. Um, but at the same time, they have a, they have a really opportunity to change their diet and change their, their income. So we help them plant um, a variety of different trees with the programs we work there. Um, so they get better nutrition uh they deal with droughts better and uh, uh we do this through uh trainings and also providing um uh the the trees through uh through setting up nurseries um, so we planted five thousand food forests in the last um <clears throat> year and a half or two so it's not a huge amount but but uh, it's a good start and and our goal uh and we planted over just almost almost two million trees, and our goal is to plant a hundred thousand food forests by twenty twenty seven. Um, but we literally need hundreds of millions. But if we could do a hundred thousand, hopefully we'll inspire uh, our program and other programs for more people to get involved. So, in the trajectory that you've been on, what was the moment that catalytic moment where this creation came into being? What were you doing before? What led to this? Yeah, well. I, uh, I founded Nativa in 1999 with like 500 um, hemp bars uh, that I sold uh, out of the trunk of my my uh, car, um, and that uh, ended up helping to, you know, kind of transform the, the the hemp food industry, which was very tiny back then. And you know, today it's more common. You can you know you can buy it at Costco or 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 you know most supermarkets, and and then I I ended up. Uh, I stepped down four years ago uh, at Nativa as CEO, so I ran it for like 17 years. <clears throat> but in the process, I I put aside some of my stock into a um, what they call like a donor advised fund. So it's it's a way to like you can donate some shares, uh, assets, <clears throat> you get tax breaks, and then you it's like a philanthropy way to give. And so some of the projects that I was I've been supporting the last few years just happened to be around agroforestry that I was most excited about. And they were just doing really good work. Uh, and I thought, well, I could continue to support a few groups or I could help build a kind of a, a container to tell the world and storytell around it and take these projects that I really like and have them be part of it. So um, really they're the ones that are doing the work. I'm just the, you know, the guy with the cell phone and the computer and, you know, some some street cred to help them get resources and money and and things so so that's kind of how 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 it came about and then and i i helped co-found it with a, a friend of mine who's in permaculture um uh hannah uh Eckberg. so um and uh but yeah that's that's a little how that came about did the great plains your work with the great plains. oh yeah yeah and and that's a that's a program it's interesting that that out of the not so out of the things not going as well for that came agroforestry regeneration community mm -hmm. so so when when 
the Kiss the Ground film, the uh, Netflix blockbuster that I, I came up with the idea to do that film about eight years ago. I, my thoughts was, so this film was <clears throat> coming out and I knew regenerative agriculture was going to be kind of, it's like, you know, 15 minutes of, 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 of fame or, you know, time in the yeah. sun. So I said, what can I, what can I focus on? <clears throat> so I thought, well, how about, cause you know, I'm kind of semi-retired and I kind of choose to do what I want to do. Uh, so I thought, well, let's, let's go right in the middle of the country, <clears throat> Kansas, Nebraska, Oklahoma. And I had some people there that I knew and see if we can really focus on regeneration there. And <clears throat> we went down that path and, you know, spent a lot of time there. And it was so interesting. A lot of the people there, they had this whole projection of who I was because I was in California, <clears throat> because I was an environmentalist. <clears throat> it's, you know, so it's so interesting how, and, and the same way on the people on the coast, they have this perception of what people are like. Mm. It's very dysfunctional. Mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. Both, you know, both groups, both regions have this whole projection without even realizing that, that what they may be thinking, you know, is that, is that getting in the way of progress? Oh, yeah, 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 <clears throat> yeah. Um, um, uh, but you know, uh, so, but what I, what I found was, that it's much harder to change farmers. <clears throat> it's much harder to change corporations in the United States. And I, and I wanted to, it's, I'm, I kind of feel like I'm water sometimes. <clears throat> like if, if I feel like if I flow a certain way and there's obstacles <clears throat> that I'll try it again. And then at a certain point, then I'll just go another way. So, <clears throat> so I was like, why can't we just pick like one region in, in the middle of the country and focus on regen ag. And, and a few people thought that, that was a good idea, but not enough. And so, and then we had, we wanted to do a, like a farm to flour, like baking flour. And we had a lot of the pieces together, but we couldn't get the people to agree to work with each other <clears throat> in, in a way that was gonna make happen. So I kind of, I stepped aside from that. Uh, um, and I said, you know, if you're if you go to farmers in Guatemala, there's no extension agent saying you can't do tree crops. Yeah. <clears throat> there's no banker saying they're basically on they're basically on the edge. They're one harvest away from starvation. Mm. So when when we show working examples, they want to do it, <clears throat> but that's not the case in the United States. We're, we're so locked in. It's such a industrial behemoth system that that the you know really our challenge is we've been the leader of the pack for so long and dominant yeah. as a culture and a society on the global scale that that much of our time and effort is is focused really by people who are holding on to way things were yeah you know um, um uh versus what they could be and also people just don't like change but um so so that's kind of how how uh um uh, agroforestry regeneration communities, and, and, and we find the, the people we work with, they, they say, hey, we're going to do a workshop on five days on permaculture and show you how you can create abundance of food. And people show up and work and they go, this is amazing. I never, you know, I mean, 70% of all the farmers in both those countries, they just grow corn. That's yeah. it. They don't grow bananas. 
They don't grow avocados. <clears throat> they don't grow uh, vegetables. These are the foods that are native to those places. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And so, <clears throat> but but when they find out, they're they're pretty excited. So, um, um, the other thing that we're doing there is we're we actually we want to educate people. So we put in the we've helped support um, agroforestry centers. So like in Antigua, Guatemala, with contour lines, which is the program that 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 um, that we work with down there. Um, so there, there's a place you can come in and, and they have a pr little processing. So they process um, like making cassava. They take the cassava, which is a, a common crop and turn it into and make uh, uh, jackfruit pizzas, gluten-free mm. pizzas <clears throat> and, and, and making different um, different salsas and, and um, different, different products. Um, and uh, you know, like a little cafe. I want to jump in here for a second, because like, imagine you're talking to people that don't know what regenerative ag is, regen ag, right? right like, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. yeah, like, like, what is regenerative yeah, ag? Yeah, what is regenerative ag? Yeah, we'll jump yeah. in. <clears throat> so what we have today is degenerative. <clears throat> what do you think the greatest export crop the United States has in the, in, in the United States? Topsoil. Okay. Yeah, right out, right out the rivers. Hmm. So we're losing like billions and billions of tons a year. So we have a degenerative system that we basically we're liquidating nature and our natural assets <clears throat> to produce food and fiber in a in a in a way that that you know has wiped out 75% of all winged insects. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> We've lost 60% of our topsoil. And that's a degenerative system. Now 30 years ago, some smart people said, well, we could do sustainable agriculture. So, so instead of driving the car, instead of like trying to restore, basically just says, well, we'll just take the current dysfunctional system and we won't make it any worse. But if you've already lost 60% of your topsoil and 75% of all your insects and, and uh, et cetera, and 90% and of all the minerals in the soil, basically our, our food is devoid of nutrition. I mean, in 1938, the Secretary of Agriculture, Henry Wallace, said the United States faces a, a huge crisis that we've destroyed our soils for minerals. That was 1938. <clears throat> um, so regenerative agriculture essentially regenerates, it restores the soils. So by working with plants and animals and, and, and people, people are part of the solution. But yet, um, if you go to the World Economic Forum and you talk you talk to all the some of these experts. They're all saying people are useless. We don't need people anymore. <clears throat> you know, you know, people. You know, so, uh, so you know, farmers and ranchers and and homeowners. They can, people are. Uh, they one of the key things is keeping the ground covered, keeping the soil covered, um, by growing various crops. Like if you drive through the middle of the country, or in many places, whether it's in California or Kansas. In the wintertime, the soil is bare and the wind is just blowing away. <clears throat> and, and, and regenerative farmers, they grow something there in the wintertime. And, and the ones who are, who are even smarter um, and they kind of can understand this, they'll bring in cattle and they'll have cattle and sheep and they'll, they'll grow a crop, they'll eat it, they, they'll, they'll fertilize it, uh, and then they'll go on somewhere else. And then when they grow, they grow their next crop, they don't need to buy any fertilizer because they, 
because they use the the manure of of the animals there um but the the challenge with all this is it's very simple and it makes sense but just because it makes sense doesn't mean it happens i i like to say if you go to washington dc when you talk about logic and reason they laugh they just smile and laugh at you <clears throat> you know whether it's joe biden or obama or trump or nancy pelosi <clears throat> they literally just laugh at you that's not the way things work here it's about money and power <clears throat> and and so we just have a dysfunctional system and the solutions have been around for a long time but um, they are not adopted because money and power doesn't want logic and reason. <clears throat> now, they're, they're not to be completely, uh, you know, negative or, 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 you know, but things are, you know, things are falling apart on, our, on a system level quickly. <clears throat> but there, there are, are also good signs there are some solutions and even some of the largest corporations in the world today realize that if they destroy their entire all their soils for growing food that that's not going to be very good for their business <clears throat> so some people are waking up there's a movement called uh, um, that kiss the ground the ngo the nonprofit i'm part of um, they have a group called uh, they have a project called regenerate america <clears throat> so we're going we're taking some of the best regenerative farmers and spending two hours with members of Congress, and they can't believe what they you know what they see in two hours, and then they'll exchange phone numbers and they'll stay in connection. So it's really about education. But you know what we're talking about? This is not rocket science. We've known about this, you know, and and that's what the film Kiss the Ground really really talks about. So um, you know, I'm I'm not always the easiest to be around because I kind of see through the bullshit, and I've been doing this since they dumped nuclear waste at my house. Uh, or nine miles from my house, uh, unidentified truck driver, you know, like 40, 40 plus years ago. Um, and uh, so I, I'm of the view that the system cannot be changed. <clears throat> the system is going to fall apart and the system is, we're going to need, we're going to need, it's kind of like if someone, if, if someone is just a really bad driver and they don't want to change, at some point they're going to crash the car. Yeah. You can hope that they don't crash the car, but you know, you know. Yeah. yeah. Well, the interesting thing is that there has been in the last 10, 20, 10 years, five years, a huge shift in the narrative. And so, you know, back in the day, it wasn't sustainability, it was environment, right? It was the environment, it was rivers, trees, right. forests, and then sustainability and the SDGs. And so we have this kind of branding and then these buzzwords, and regeneration is also you know, that's the new word for now. And so what I want to, you just put a whole lot on the table though, right. you know, your experience. And, and I could say this because knowing I worked for forest forever, like when I was 20, you know, <laughs> and I didn't even realize that you were the founder of that organization, but yeah. so, so you're this person who's been at this for a long time. And, right. and, and like, you see, we can look at it now and look at the system and sit down and do a systems mapping exercise and say, here are the different people and players and stakeholders and components in a system and really do some kind of analysis and data study. You've, you do that and you've also been like boots on the ground 
seeing like bail off for this many years and watching, watching this. So you're not just new to this, you know, conversation saying the system's going to crash. It's climate and look at the IPCP report. So why I'm putting that all there is so because people listening really understand the breadth that you're coming with. Like, give us one example. I saw one of your articles um, about like when, when you were CEO of Nativa, like this is really just about, so you're not just sitting in your cabin, like, you know, talking about your theories, <laughs> like you're out there in the field <laughs> right. seeing it. So an example of when you were at Nativa, I was reading in one of your articles, um, the FDA sort of uh, like their, their compliance shenanigans around um, non-GMO and labeling, you know, these perceptions that the public has around what is law and what is, you know, what are the rules? About 2002, they they started con sending letters to different food brands and said they couldn't use the word non-GMO on their labels. <clears throat> and, and it was just an opinion by some officer. There was no rule or regulation. There was no process to say that that was, wh why is that illegal? <clears throat> why isn't that in violation? They couldn't cite anything. It was just their opinion. And they sent it off to everybody and basically people were fearful. Everybody took, most companies all, you know, the large companies all say, oh, well, we don't want to say non-GMO, say they removed from their labels. And, and I was like, why? I mean, I didn't contact them, but it's like, they contacted me, well, show me in the regulation. Show, show me where that says that. <clears throat> they don't have anything there. So we just kept selling and they didn't, didn't bother, um, bother us. But, you know, a, a few years before, um, I mean, I had a lot of interaction with government agencies. A few years before, the DEA said that that our hemp bars that we were selling in 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 two thousand one were in the same category as heroin, Schedule One. How? Wow. <clears throat> because they had they had minuscule amounts of THC, like you know, less than a, less than a grain of sand in a in a in a rail car. <clears throat> and so so I was facing either ten to fifteen years in jail or bankruptcy or fight. I chose the fight. And we won that lawsuit. <clears throat> um, um, you know, and, and uh, 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 so now, you know, that was the base for keeping hemp foods legal. And then and another case was, I, I had stepped down as CEO at Nativa, and I was started up a hemp CBD company. <clears throat> and, and um, the state of California sent like four or five people and backup wearing like billy clubs and things into our offices and demanded to see everything. They spent four or five hours. They they wrote it. They they said it was illegal for us to sell hemp oil because we didn't say hemp seed oil. <clears throat> and and um, so they and and there was no basis for anything. They spent all this time. They swore they thought that I had my I they thought my CBD was in my was my warehouse there, <clears throat> but I had put it in a Colorado. You know I couldn't even. I couldn't eat, as a California citizen, I couldn't even start up a, a hemp CBD company, even though I served on the board of, the, of Governor Gavin Newsom and Jerry Brown, you know, advising the state of California. Um, but, you know, um, uh, it's, it's uh, yeah, I've had some interesting, interesting things there um, with that. But, um, uh, but regeneration, though, uh, has a lot of potential. And it's just really... The way I kind of look is the systems are, are not working. So the systems are going to, are, are people are like, 
you know, this, this whole disruption <clears throat> from COVID and then the Ukraine-Russia war <clears throat> is really like, <clears throat> these are like tremors to a system. <clears throat> and so it's important for people to understand, you know, where, where they get their food, where their water's coming from. With the extreme, the extreme weather conditions going on, <clears throat> you're going to see intense storms. And one of the things I just want to share is one of the disappointments that I've seen in the environmental movement and this whole climate thing is that we've put everything into a bucket called climate. So essentially, in the last 10 years, it's all everything that they say, oh, that's climate. Oh, if there's really bad weather, that's climate. <clears throat> you know, rivers, you know, rivers rushing, washing away, that's climate. <clears throat> you know, um, um, you know, this going on. Oh, that's climate. Yeah. And what we don't realize is the the leading, you know, carbon, we're so fixated on carbon. Carbon is 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 an important molecule, <clears throat> but water vapor is in a much is is much more common in the in the atmosphere and is much more impactful <clears throat> really on our weather. But no one talks about that virtually. And there's something called the small water cycle. We we've and I, I see this, I I remember I recently commented on LinkedIn. We've spent, you know, thousands of years of really war on nature. Yeah. You know, we've stripping all the soil away, denuding the, the, the you know, uh, doing industrial plowing, industrial farming, uh, grazing animals in a degenerative way versus a, a regenerative way. And I want to circle back on one of the ways um, so a friend of mine that just recently visited me from uh, from the Chihuahua Desert in Mexico and how he's restoring his 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 um, uh, desert uh, grazing land. <clears throat> but we, you know, cutting down the trees, you know, treating rivers and creeks like sewers. <clears throat> I mean, you know, it's really we've just done a we've just done a we've disconnected from nature, destroyed so much of nature and <clears throat> to think that the that all that that the reason why places are drying up and all this is all because we're burning petroleum yeah it's oversimplified <clears throat> and yeah we need to burn less petroleum but the reality is for 30 years the environmental groups and the climate movement is saying you know let's do wind and solar and and evs you know end of subject that's going to solve it and every year it just keeps going up all this green energy all it does, it's a supplemental. You just, we just keep burning as much petroleum, you know, uh, and, and people are flying around on planes and doing all these things. <clears throat> but what people can change a lot more than just necessarily on our energy policy is how we grow our food. Like your lawn, do you, you know, do you spray pesticides in your lawn? Are, are, you, are you going and getting, you know, miracle Grow <clears throat> made of synthetic fertilizers that are, you know, from fracked natural gas with, you know, massive amount of methane and releasing, um, all, you know, all sorts of chemicals? Or <clears throat> do, you, do you do it in more of, you know, working with nature on a regenerative basis? So that's really, really important on how we, how we take care of. And, but a lot of my friends tell me those, they said, John, you know, we have you have to understand and this is a reality is it's it's challenging to live in 2022 yeah like how much rent is <clears throat> how much fuel costs are <clears throat> you know um the issues with parents with kids and so people don't have as much time 
to focus yeah. on these bigger issues that you and I are, you know, talking about right now. <clears throat> and, yeah. and so that that is one of the one of the issues is how to how to deal with that. I want to go back to um, go, go ahead. Yeah, I want to pin that for a second and hold that thought because everything you just said, I mean, I've seen you write about this and talk about this. Um, it's it's why, like how, how we got here is like this system that we're talking about of, you know, toxic food, disease, you know, uh, glyphosate and poisoning our, our yards, poisoning the water, and then there's pandemics, and then there's big pharma. So where all of these big industries, including, you know, energy, including pharma, including food, how do they all, there's this game playing, is, is there some, you think there's some mastermind in a room somewhere saying, you do that, we'll do that, and then we'll come with this. Yeah. And <laughs> like, well, how do you see it? I mean, the fact that we now 80% of Americans have glyphosate, which is which was invented, you know, by Monsanto, um, <clears throat> which was, um, I know, a, you know, uh, a common herbicide that it's in 80% of our urine. <clears throat> it's in it's in our it's in the, our mother's milk, it's in our blood, <clears throat> it's in the rainwater. Um, <clears throat> and, and, you know, how have we been able to create a food system that basically poisons people and in america we use we we produce foods that when they export to other countries it's not even allowed so how is that that's through lobbyists so you know the the what i call the kind of the, the old school term is is the military industrial complex um it's it's very powerful and it and it just makes money i mean the if you talk, you know, and, and the interesting thing is I could answer that question and I could say it in words <clears throat> that that liberal and progressives would go right on and, and conservatives would go, oh, that's not true. <clears throat> and and I, could, I could also respond to it in ways that conservatives would go right on and then liberals say, oh, that's not true. So How we got there, <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, basically these are two wings of the same bird of the incumbency. You know, um, you know, as I like to say, whether it's Joe Biden or Barack Obama or or George Bush or Bill Clinton, uh, Monsanto chooses the Secretary of Ag, J.P. Morgan chooses the Secretary of Treasury, mm-hmm. and and Merck uh, and Pfizer chooses um, the FDA and Department of Health, and um, you know. That's just that's just that's the way it is, and yeah. and, and people want to argue one way or the other. But um, the the formation of the Federal Reserve, <clears throat> though, was a seminal moment for for our, our country's history. And, and uh, back then, you could buy a very nice house in most cities in the country for a hundred dollars. <laughs> And we have created financial um, systems and processes <clears throat> to create massive inflation. I mean, used to have mortgages used to be like three years in yeah. the 30s. <clears throat> and, and, and the idea that you could get a 30-year mortgage for two and three quarters percent interest with very little down when inflation is really five to 10%. Now, mortgage rates aren't 
you know, two and a half okay. or 3% now, <clears throat> but how could you like, like if you would have talked to our grandparents or, or parents and said, how is it that inflation is five to 10% a year? And, and it's, it's almost double what is published. Yeah. Um, so by pause, cause you're putting a lot on the table here. Speak back to what you yeah, were saying about, yeah. you know, who yeah. chooses, who chooses the, you know, the secretary yeah. bag yeah. and the revolving door yeah. about, you know, executives who were, you know, worked in the agencies and how, how we got here to create this like perception of the economy that people are pollu- yeah. you know colluding with and buying into, like how we got here is yeah. a function of perception, right? Yeah. We're going yeah. along with something. Right, yeah. Challenge is if you really look at how things operate, it's not very fun or pretty. So people are, are invested in that it's not that way. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> do you think do you think I could be a college professor if 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 uh and, and teach an agriculture class and and talk about what I just said? No. <clears throat> could I could could I be a member of of a social club um mm-hmm. of other wealthy entrepreneurs that made money in various industries would they would they want would they want to hang around with me and talk about those issues? But no. why do you think they don't why though? Why? <clears throat> because it's part of the club like if you if you go along with a system you see people realize it's kind of a social thing if you go along with a system you profit from the system you benefit from the system then you don't criticize it you don't you don't say the king has no clothes so people are just walking around all over america especially the wealthier people knowing is complete bullshit knowing yeah. it's knowing it's based on fraud <clears throat> knowing it's based on corruption <clears throat> but they won't say anything <clears throat> because because to do to do that would mean that that they're no longer that they're they're putting at risk their family and their friends and <clears throat> you know I, I just happen to be someone I, i'm not really cancelable you know i'm in my 60s <clears throat> you know uh, i'm you know uh, um I'm semi-retired and, and also, I mean, I like to speak truth to power, you know, um, but, um, um, you know, but and also the great thing about America is I can say this conversation and I'm likely not to be, you know, killed or put in jail. Whereas if I was in Russia, I probably would. <clears throat> if I was out in China, I definitely would. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's a reason why my great grand, my, my grandfather came from Wales at age eight <clears throat> and, and, you know, with no money and, and, and came here and was able to build an amazing life and, you know, and, you know, he loved his country and I love America too. So I'm, I'm not, I'm not, you know, and I've been given a lot of opportunity, um, but uh, it's a, it's, it's a, you know, we're kind of getting, this is a little kind of esoteric here. We're, we're, we're talking about and, and philosophy of things. Yeah. Well, that's what we do sort of on this, on this podcast. Cause yeah. we, because ultimately like you're doing amazing things, we can look at all your projects and, and get into the fine details of literally what like watch watch kiss the ground everybody but the the question you know because you are a deep thinker and dot connector and even you know there's a lot of people connecting dots right now but the extent that you are and you're willing to really speak this truth that it there's also a lot of um 
Like, how are some people who are the environmental activists, the folks that, you know, were rolling up their sleeves in the past, like I used to consider my thought I was liberal for a while, but now I'm like, well, I don't even know, I'm nothing. But, but the, the question is really like, there's this kind of smoke and mirrors going on, I see in a lot of the do good conversation yeah, like yeah, all people who are there are plenty of people who are like rolling up their sleeves and rolling up their their checkbooks for regen ag right and yet not connecting all the dots say on the fda on you know what's going on behind yeah. the veil. well i'll give you an, i'll give you an example <clears throat> um uh, when when i when i decided to shift my focus, you know, back around around 2013 or 14, I've been doing a lot of campaigns um, around GMOs, you know, you know, besides, uh, you know, running Nativa, you know, in my spare time. Uh, uh, I, I so I was I, we did campaigns, we put 100, 100 over 100,000 comments on 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 Cheerios, uh, General Mills, uh, you know, Facebook wall, <clears throat> telling them to remove, you know, GMOs from the Cheerios. And we were able to, you know, in 14 months, they, they, we, we forced them to do that. And, you know, we got Hershey's to remove GMOs and we did a bunch of, bunch of companies, um, with, as a project called GMO inside. <clears throat> and then I decided, well, instead of, you know, we, we, I realized that that there was a limited window and then, and then Facebook started changing the all, uh, algorithms. So I wasn't able to, wasn't able to, to work anymore so well you know we were able to just like there was a period of time where <clears throat> we could just get you know lots and lots of views and lots of education so then i decided to switch to, to regen ag as a way like okay instead of saying roundup you know glyphosate's bad <clears throat> pesticides are bad this bad this is if you focus on soil health we can get the farms focused on soil health then they don't need those other chemicals as much and, and that's what regen ag and that's what holds the promise um, um though it's not so easy to take somebody who's who's got a 5000 acre you know gmo corn and soy field to go regen you know 100% day 1 that's a process you know i'm more practical than i was so like like if i can get if we can take a farmer that's that's and cut their chemical fertilizer and their herbicides by 50% in 3 years i say right on and that's what we need though some of my friends were like that's horrible john you're a sellout you know, like if they're not organic, fuck them. You know, <clears throat> it's like, you know, like, and that's what, there's a lot of environmentalists so that way. They actually hate people. But the reality is, is yeah, go tell that to the people who are drinking, who are, who are trying to swim in the lakes and drinking the groundwater in Iowa. You know, if we can cut it back by 50% in three years, <clears throat> we've made some good progress. And maybe from there we can get them and some of those we can put on a pathway, <clears throat> you know. Um, but, mm. you know, give you an example, that I kept noticing why, where are all my environmentalist friends from the Sierra Club, from 350.org? You know, they were all, you know, I, they'd be presenting to Bioneers, I'd be presenting to Bioneers. <clears throat> and, I, and, and then I wrote them letters, published it in EcoWatch, you know, and interesting, the Sierra Club actually was one of the ones that actually reached out. 350 just like ignored it, didn't even want to talk. Uh, uh, Greenpeace wrote some politically correct thing that was, you know. About Regen Ag? Yeah, yeah, you know, they, they some sort of politically correct reply. <clears throat> and, and, but the reality is, 
what I've come to the conclusion is the major environmental organizations in the United States, they are controlled opposition. Hmm. And they will talk all day about, yeah, coal's bad. You know, like Michael Bloomberg's given Sierra Club over $100 million. And they they just don't want to talk about soil health. They don't want to talk about agriculture. They don't want to talk about <clears throat> some of these things. In fact, they've been attacking it. And, and, and I actually actually called out Sierra Club. They were they were promoting Impossible Burger, you know, Monsanto GMO burgers. And let's go into that for folks listening who might not really understand where these Impossible Burgers came from and what they really are. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So about five or six, seven years ago, Monsanto, Bayer, all the big players, they realized Americans didn't want more pesticides, <clears throat> they didn't want more GMOs, and they wanted a better food system. But the supply chain wasn't there to provide that. And, and corporate America, the brands were like, you know, they're getting beat up. And, and I was one of those groups that helped beat them up and trying to get people to shift. They came up with a new, a new term, a new campaign that they could take their same old products, killing the soil. Remember, we've lost 75% of all winged insects, bees, butterflies in the last 50 years. <clears throat> and we're losing one to 2% a year. You go to 2035, there's not many bees, there's not butterflies. And by the way, guess what eats all, a lot of those insects? Birds, so there won't be many birds. You know, we've lost 60% of the plankton in the ocean. We're losing one to 2% a year. <clears throat> so, you know, you know, there's not going to be eight or nine billion by 2030, uh, by 2050, which which Monsanto and the World UN always talks about. You know, you know, we're 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 coming to a you know we're we're coming to a quickening for human reality here, uh, unless we unless we change course. And nature can we can revert we can transform and restore nature. If we just said it was like the Manhattan Project and saying we're all going to focus on what wherever whatever we do, whether we're a school teacher or a a farmer or or someone with two moms and you know with a couple a mom with a couple kids um and just you know taking you know growing some veggies in their backyard and going to the farmers market we can all play a role in it uh, um but so they basically created this thing called plant plant-based so silicon valley and wall street created plant-based they take the same chemicals that are killing everybody and poisoning people so this plant-based movement combined with silicon valley and wall street created these fake meats and 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 but they needed one thing to to make this go so you saw from bloomberg to the economist to the world to to the to the world economic forum to the united nations to the university of oxford you know to uc davis and there's literally tens of thousands of people just working full time on this that cows are evil yeah cows are evil Animals are, are we, we should, it's mm. horrible. We got to get rid of the animals, <clears throat> you know, and they don't even think they're supposed to be animal lovers, but they want to get rid of them, you know. Um, uh, and it's basically, they've been putting out misinformation. And if you notice, they never say one thing about a pig. Mm. You know, it's yeah. like, well, you know, well, how is it the New York Times talks about how bad cows are for the environment? <clears throat> you know, like, like they've gotten billions of dollars of PR how, and they never talk about a pig. You know, well, I mean, I'm I have been what people would call vegan. I don't call myself anything. I'm a nutritarian, qualitarian, yeah. you know, I and people just assume 
you they assume, oh, if you're vegan, then you have that belief too. Right. And that's not that's not the point. No. Exactly. And so what we're we're dealing with is strategic, strategic brand confusion. You know, there's like it's just confusion out there. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Definitely. So, so I want to just share a little about that. So <clears throat> um, if people want to be vegan, and I have a lot of vegan friends who who support the, the work that we're doing in regenerative ag. So the question is, if you can produce healthy soil and bring back the bees and the butterflies and the hummingbirds and, and the winged insects, I see some hummingbirds flying around my garden right now that I planted some flowers that they like to come to. Um, and whether that's vegan or from meat, that's great. Those are choices and we want to honor that, you know, you know, um, uh, but but by demonizing the cow, we've we've really misunderstood things. And I, I want to share, go back. So there's a friend named uh, Alejandro Carrillo and he and he his dad had a twenty five thousand acre uh, uh, ranch in, in northern Chihuahua Desert. And a hundred years ago, it was tall and grass. There was seasonal creeks. There was, um, you know, jaguars and all sorts of beautiful wildlife. And that goes all the way up into into Mexico and Arizona and in West Texas, and basically we've turned it into a desert from overgrazing. So people are blaming the cow. Yeah, do, if you if you have cows and they just walk on the same ground month after month, year after year, which they do, it it's that's not the way nature. That's the degenerative system. <clears throat> so what he does is he just just with fencing and cows. He'll bunch. He'll take the entire herd and he'll bring them all together in a in a tight spot for one day, even a half a day, mm. and then they move and they don't come back for another year. He's mm. been able to now the grasses are now taller than a cow, and he wants them to be taller than the horse. Mm. And um, they're bringing back more wildlife, <clears throat> and he has like a hundred thousand acres uh, with his other farm uh, ranchers. Yeah. And one of the other far ranchers complained to him. They said, you're stealing our rain because we're restoring the rain cycle. <clears throat> we can bring back the, we can bring back rain. We can balance the planet. We yeah. can nature. We can take the, the too much carbon in the ocean, which is, which is the reason why plankton is dying. Um, the reason why systems are collapsing <clears throat> because the number one system of, of food, the number one system of oxygen, the number one system of biodiversity is called the, ocean 70 percent of the planet is ocean <clears throat> and the basis is plankton and with so much carbon if you fast forward what the carbon level is going to be on the atmosphere no plankton even grows mm. <clears throat> so so when the oceans go that means no dolphins no whales when i give presentations on this i'll sometimes have scientists come and i say well you know by 2040 i don't think there's gonna be a whale or a dolphin in the ocean they come up to me later and they say john very optimistic yeah you know and, but the idea is where did all that carbon that's swirling in the atmosphere for thousands of years from when the when the romans cut the the forests in northern africa to make their ships and, and when the when our you know forefathers came to to the mm -hmm. united states and started plowing up the great plains where did all that that's all up in the atmosphere and it's gone into the ocean where does it belong back into nature, back into the soils, back into plants, back into roots. And that's what we can do. It's an easy solution. It's challenging. 
to make it happen at a scale <clears throat> because people are brainwashed. People are convinced that some somebody who's a red a, a red person is the enemy yeah. and the blue person is or or the blue person is the enemy. <clears throat> you know, you know, and and um, um, uh, we've just and partly our food is so poor. So yeah. the, the one thing I would say is focus on your health as much as you can. Mm. One thing I recommend, <clears throat> make sure you do the yoga plank every day. If you, you know, when he goes to yoga class, that keeps you strong. That's what I do. Really helps, makes a big difference. Uh, I recommend given there's so many people are gonna get cancer <clears throat> that you eat mushrooms at least a couple times a week. You know, um, and they have these more kind of exotic mushroom or different kind of mushrooms you don't always see in the store, <clears throat> like lion's mane or oyster mushrooms. And more and more kind of startup businesses are offering that. Uh, don't eat um, for for fourteen hours each day, and mm. if you can do sixteen, even better. Um, so let me ask you. I mean, I know I'm grateful. I get the connect. But what what made you just drop that in right there? The health information. Because, <clears throat> because it's going to be very tough times going forward. Mm. Mm. Like this is going to take a lot of our strength. So when the system is brittle, strengthen yourself, strengthen yourself. <clears throat> and, 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 uh, uh, um, and, and work more in your, your community, but there's so many there, they're also at the same time, there's so many people doing lots of, lots of good, lots of good. Yeah. Good um, and uh, a lot of, lot of interesting things going on around the world. We are the system too, right? Like everything we do, our thoughts are, we are part of the system. Yeah. And so I love this yeah. uh, suggestion for yeah. taking yeah. care of yeah. yourself. Yeah. And one thing I wanted to just jump in, I wanted to share. Yeah. <clears throat> the other thing is people need to prepare be prepared for a very tough financial reality. <clears throat> right now, there's this there's this whole projection <clears throat> that the economy is really good. We're gonna have the soft landing, you know, trying to raise interest rates in the United States. <clears throat> but the reality is, forty percent of all publicly traded companies in America have lost money. Will lose money this year. They lost money last year, and they lost money five years ago. <clears throat> Those companies have been cut off from the from the faucet of cash flow from bonds and stocks <clears throat> debt and equity and so there's going to be a lot of layoffs coming in america in the coming year <clears throat> and, and so people just need to be more conservative and cut their expenses and try to try to be um i mean rents are going up it's really challenging times <clears throat> people really need to like think differently you know like some people are going why don't we just rent a bigger house and get a few friends to come together or whatever? People need to be more creative. Um, and yeah. the more economically sound you can be, <clears throat> then you can focus on taking care of the environment and the earth. Yeah. I mean, and, and I think that you hold, um, you know, here you're a person who's, you're focused on solutions, you're focused on big picture, and you're also uh, focused on dismantling the old. And Few people are doing that. Most people are focused on the either a solution or the dismantling. And when you're focused on just the dismantling, it's a pretty it could be a dark place because you're fighting something ugly and it's ugly. You have to fight with a fight with the with the tools of the, the thing you're fighting, right? And when you're in creation mode, it creates possibility and it and it's it's transformational, right? Yeah, and so yeah. 
the dance between holding both, I think are really important mm-hmm. right now. And coming from a place of suspending, like this is the thing, everything you're saying, the way forward along with our physical, <laughs> our physical responsibilities is, is suspending our identities, these identities, these identifications we have with one side or the other, or this, or in vegan, or in that, or in that. It's like time to suspend all these identities that have been indoctrinated by this system. Yeah. The the other thing, uh, a kind of a philosophical point of view, <clears throat> I've become clear that <clears throat> I've let go of the concept that I know the outcome of how all this is going to flow. I have some views or opinions, obviously, um, and 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 I'm also understand sometimes my my what I think is going to happen doesn't always happen, <clears throat> but, mm. but I've let go of the attachment. <clears throat> um, I mean, it definitely doesn't look good when when you've lost sixty percent of the plankton that drives the entire ocean, and you're losing one to two percent a year. You know, you might think, <clears throat> "Wow, what does that look like?" But I'm also open to that perhaps things may change or circumstances or things we may not even see. <clears throat> you know, there may be something else, some other thing that's going on on this planet <clears throat> that we as little, you know, humans <clears throat> walking around with our with our you know our ego and all this, we may not even understand it. <clears throat> and, and and so um you know, to, to, un, to, to enjoy it, you know, but, you know, partly I get into a lot of this because I just feel like I've been given a lot of opportunity in my life and, and, and I love nature, um, you know, uh, uh, and I love people and the system is very messed up and, and, and I, I don't mind taking on the system, you know, uh, even though a lot of times I lose, but every once in a while I'll win. So, um, but it's not for everybody. If, if everyone just did a little thing, the system would change hugely. <clears throat> the reason why it's able to continue on in such a dysfunctional way is people believe they don't have power. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're, yeah. You know, they're, they're disenfranchised. So let's take one example, okay? I, I live in a, a lake community. I'm, I'm kind of a relatively new member of this community. And the lake, they spray, I didn't know this until after I moved in, they spray it with copper oxide. Okay, like three times the summer. And I'm like, I'm not going in that. Um, they do it because of the algae blooms. And right. we know why the algae blooms, right? The glyphosate, right. The, the fertilizers, the right. failing septic systems. And it's too expensive to do more regenerative practices like create aeration and plantings. And so their argument is it's too expensive right. one way or right to yeah. do it in a natural way. Yeah. So it's an unfortunate. And there are though, um, there are natural products that you can put into lakes that that will help um, reduce some of the the algae growth <clears throat> that that aren't so expensive. Um, I'll give you another example of a project um, in in North St. Louis. Um, there's a group called the Black Power uh, Power Blueprint and the Uhuru Movement, <clears throat> and and you know like many cities, urban cities. That those who don't have very much money, <clears throat> often people of color, were just abandoned, mm-hmm. and, and uh, so I met them a few years ago, and they said <clears throat> we want to put a basketball court, and there's no basketball. Can you imagine that? A really poor 
area and but it's an urban area and there's no basketball courts <clears throat> and so uh, basketball is like my favorite sport and I, I like to play and a uh, fan of the Warriors and Steph Curry he's a real inspiration you know the, the Golden State Warriors uh, um, uh, and so I, I'm helping them they just finish up building the basketball court <clears throat> and, and the irony is this group a week two weeks ago had 50 FBI agents smashing down their doors all over in multiple houses, didn't show them a, didn't show them a search warrant. <clears throat> They've done nothing illegal. And they, they, they claim that they won't even list their names, that they're do does one, two, and three on some Russian, you know, person to steal elections in America. <clears throat> and, and here, one of the leading groups, these mm -hmm. like black nationalists, you know, they're nonviolent, but they are, they are confronting the power structure, like me a bit. Um, and, you know, they're, they created a, a weekly farmer's market, and they're restoring houses, they're creating a doula center for, for, for women and really helping. And that's what I loved about them. I said, wow, I may not necessarily agree with everything that they're doing, but I really like the fact that they're not, they're not just complaining, they're doing something and they want to build a basketball court. And now kids in the neighborhood can go play basketball, you know, which is a, you know, which is a great thing. Um, mm -hmm. So, but that's, that's an example of, of good solutions. <clears throat> and then the irony is, is that, that, you know, um, uh, the Biden administration took, took it to them that they could just go and knock down their doors and smash their windows and, and, this is the authoritarian what i've seen ironically is that i i see the left has, is no longer the left that myself and many others used to know we used to be we were for the environment we're not for monsanto you know we're against war we're, we're against invading other countries you know democratic party likes to invade other countries that's a policy now and we used to be for health and, you know, we used to be for natural immunity and, and, and you know, uh, uh, we used to be for freedom of the speech, freedom of the press, you know, like, like, it's like, it's like they, they shape shifted from Reagan and Bush to Obama and Biden in, in, four, in 30 years. And, you know, does that mean I like all these crazy, you know, far out, you know, QAnon Republicans? No, but, you know, and what happened was the power structure just said we got a new horse to ride we're gonna we're gonna bet on this horse we think this horse is best <clears throat> and an example of that is esg today the 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 wall street and and companies all over america saying well we're gonna do environmental sustainability you know goals and and, and um guidelines the leading esg company in the world is Bayer monsanto and pfizer yeah you know, and, and so, so essentially, but it, wasn't, view, it wasn't, it wasn't all before. And in it fact, wasn't, no, I was, I was actually in some of the meetings, the original meetings around the social responsible investing, but it's gone this progression. So essentially what I've seen is it's like, it's like, it's like, again, another example that the power structure is using the progressive movement to hunt as basically take, taking it over. Just to everything you just said and where we are, it, it is like, you know, what's one thing we could do is to stop colluding with everything and to start questioning things. 
it's uh, definitely definitely <clears throat> challenging. At the same time, life is miraculous and amazing, yeah, and there's is. lots of you know, <clears throat> there's lots of lots of great things. And and I remember that that Wendell Berry quote about you know when when we are despondent and when we are challenged with the system, <clears throat> you know, going out and 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 lying under under you know under in the forest under a beautiful tree in a meadow. And just experiencing all that there is of life mm. uh, and experiencing nature <clears throat> and and yes we have this kind of mad world that we've that 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 we've all helped create in 2022 <clears throat> we're all part of it you know we're not you know um you know we're not perfect we're not all uh you know it's not us versus them we're all we're all in this um, mm -hmm. um um, so, so I think that's, that's important, to to, to remember, um, uh, and, and though I haven't, I used to do it more, I need to get back to it. I also encourage people to turn your phone off, uh, you know, if you can for like, you know, 14 or 16 hours, at least once a week, I need to get back yeah. to that more often. Well, thank you, John. Thank you for all of your work. Um, I would just want to kind of bring us all back to this real miraculous thing when I reached out to you. To me, it is miraculous I when I reached out to you. And I just because I've seen your posts on LinkedIn and I've been reading and following your work. And then I'm and then I reached out and before we got on a, our first call, I Googled you and I was like, oh my God, he founded Forests Forever. And so for my listeners, they cut some people have heard my story where I, you know, was found my love for the ancient redwood trees and started going door to door. And I, I raised so much money. I was so passionate. So there's so, and it was because you, you and your colleagues founded that organization for us forever. So there's a lot as, as John demonstrated that we can do just with our passion and, you know, follow your passion, speak up, question everything. We are at a moment where it's time to question everything and go lay in a meadow. Anything else you'd add? I second that. Awesome. Yeah. And people can follow me on on um, uh, on Substack. I have a uh, I, I, uh, uh, blog on there, and uh, <clears throat> and then and then I'm also I'm working um, on a new project to uh, to help uh, people who are growing from a house plant to a vegetable garden to fruit trees to to flowers, <clears throat> a new uh, product that's going to enhance soil health and regeneration. So, um, you know, that'll, it's probably a year away, but I'm, I'm working, working hard on that right now. That's a game changer. So we will I'll add all your links in, oh, and, and, you know, links to your book, Backyard Compost, any, any word on, on your backyard composting? Any... <laughs> I wrote that in 1991, <clears throat> you know, uh, um, back in the day helped, helps uh, spread home composting. And so, yeah, I'm, uh, I have a, a publisher that's, that's kind of courting me to do a new book. <clears throat> so, so, uh. So and we'll see. We'll see if I if I can get the time to to write a book in between the other things I got going on. Awesome! Thank you so much. I'll put links to everything where people can find you in your show notes, and we'll be we'll be following your work and taking your your advice. So thank you for what you're doing in the world for you're being welcome. here. Thank you. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Catalyst Talks. Stay tuned for what's up next and please subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen. You'll find those links at catalysttalks.com. Join us as we continue this conversation on social media. And if you'd like to reach out to me privately, you can send me a message at stephanietrager.com. Your attention here means the world to me. Thank you, thank you, thank you.